You are listening to Unified Through Chronic and Mental Illness with your hosts, Angie Roberts and Kimberly Murphy. Please be advised that some of the topics of this podcast can be triggering and sensitive in nature. Hey, Spoonies and Mental Health Warriors. Welcome back to Unified. This is Kimberly Murphy here with Angie Roberts. Hey, y'all. And today we're talking about grounding. Angie, why don't you uh, let us know a little bit about what grounding is? Okay, so the definition of grounding is a good place to start. So it is a practice that can help you pull away from flashbacks, unwanted memories, and negative or challenging emotions. So these are techniques. So these techniques may help distract you from what you're experiencing and refocus on what's happening in the present moment. You can use grounding techniques to help create space from distressing feelings in nearly any situation, but they're especially helpful when you're dealing with anxiety, PTSD, disassociation, self-harm urges, traumatic memories, or substance abuse disorder. So I'm sure you can go more into depth about why we need grounding. I sure can. We need grounding when we start to think about something stressful. Our amygdala, a section of the brain located in the temporal lobe, goes into action. The amygdala, simply put, is part of our brain that is responsible for our emotional responses, especially fear. It is great for preparing for emergency events, but sometimes it kicks into action and detects a threat where there really isn't any. So that's like a panic attack or PTSD kind of stuff? Yeah. Um, anything having to do with anxiety and PTSD has to do with anxiety. Mm-hmm. Any kind of like um, fears. So um, anything know, like, that really is triggering, it can be a triggering situation, right? Right. Okay. Yes, definitely. Um, so we have a negative thought about a situation. Remember, a thought doesn't necessarily mean it's real. We always want to remember that. Most mm-hmm. We have so many negative thoughts a day. It's really hard for us to. I know. Um, I always love that saying, um, not everything you think is true, because it's very basic right. to the point. And it reminds you that just because a thought enters your head, it doesn't mean um, that you're weak or that you're fearful or that you're whatever. It's your response to that kind of like feel, you know, thought that you have in your head. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. And the amygdala says emergency, emergency, and initiates changes in our body, such as increased muscle tension, rapid heartbeat, and faster breathing. The amygdala then interprets these body changes as further evidence that something is actually wrong, which of course further activates it and creates a vicious cycle where you become more and more anxious. I always think that it's interesting to learn the science behind what we, the reason we have something, mm-hmm. because then you can look at it and you can, when you're having it, you can actually say, okay, so this is a cycle. And I know that I'm going to get more anxious if I, if I don't calm down and it's not, it's negative thoughts, it's fear. You can kind of talk your way through it if you understand it. Right. You can talk your way into a worse situation or a better one. Yes, definitely. So 
So I know that there's three types of grounding techniques. Um, can you explain those a little bit too? Um, sure. There are physical, mental, and soothing techniques. So first up, we're going to talk about physical ones. Um, the grounding chair. So you sit in a chair and you're aware of the chair and your breathing. Imagine your anxiety as a color and it coming from your head to your feet and out into the ground. And you just keep breathing and keep imagining until you're calmed down to where you're more grounded. Because it keeps you like centered on the present moment. Right. And definitely. not whatever is going on in your head. Get you, it puts you back to mindfulness. That's kind of like the, um, the five, four, three, two, one method. Yeah. Where you work backwards from five. So you use your senses to list things you notice around you. Like you might start listing five things you hear and then four things you see, then three things you can touch from where you're sitting or two things you could smell and one thing you can taste. And it doesn't have to be in this specific order because I know when you're anxious, it's hard to remember all of that, but just to be like, start to use all of your senses to be aware of your surroundings. Yes. And I've used this method. It actually does. Mm -hmm. I've used it too. Yeah. You can put your hands in water or hold a piece of ice, like focus on the temp. Um, if you put your hands in the water, focus on the water's temperature and how it feels on your fingertips and palms and the back of your hands. Does it feel the same on each part of your hand? Just close your eyes and just feel the water and, um, just notice every little thing about it and uh, use warm water first, then go to cold. And then um, next try the cold water first and then go to warm. Does it feel different to switch from cold to warm versus warm to cold? If you want to use the ice method, um, you hold a piece of ice in your hand and you focus on the ice and you, it actually works to calm put your body into kind of a shock because mm -hmm. it's so cold right? that it kind of, it will automatically almost stop those thoughts because it's so cold, mm -hmm. but you still hold it in your hand, feel it melting, feel it running down your hand. How does that feel? How does the temperature change? You know, just right. all the questions. Yeah. I hadn't heard of that one actually. So um, I have a friend that has PTSD from the war. And she actually uses this method oh, okay. for her PTSD. Yeah, it works really well. So another way is to get your adrenaline-fueled energy out. Mm. Get it out. Run on the treadmill or elliptical if you have one at home. This is the stuff you don't want to hear. Run <laughs> up and down the stairs. <laughs> right. Just saying. Take a brisk, brisk walk around the kitchen or run outside. Cleaning up your kitchen house or backyard channels the extra energy also. Dance around the house while listening to loud music. I do that a lot. Like I'll put on um, a few different songs that are real happy songs and kind of mm -hmm. dance to them or whatever. When I get into a real anxious state, I like to actually clean the house because <laughs> I don't know if it's because my mom used to do that because she's a very anxious person and she's constantly cleaning. Um, uh -huh. And I also like to do exercise because as awful as that sounds to some people, it really does work. It really brings that adrenaline down. 
Um, it really does. And it brings up those feel these. goods. Yeah. And it, it builds up the feel goods, the, um, the endorphins. Right. It does. Yeah. But you're yeah. right. It has to, it has to break down that energy. It has to use the adrenaline. The adrenaline has to go somewhere. Right. And if you're just sitting and rocking, like I do, I'm not just saying, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's not going anywhere. So, right. Um, it's just sitting with you and resonating with you and, and getting worse usually. So there's also mental techniques like the one where you draw the foot uh, in your mind. So you put your feet on the ground and pick a color in your imagination and you're going to like pretend in your mind to draw an outline around each of your feet. So mentally just imagine starting at your heel and using your imaginary pencil to slowly go up the side of your foot to your pinky toe and then draw around each toe and then go back towards the heel. And again, this is just something that's going to like keep you focused on something other than what's making your anxiety go up and up and up. Right. That sounds like a good one. I was doing that when you mm-hmm. were, I, have, I was closing my eyes doing that when you, when you <laughs> were doing, I was like, that sounds like a good one. Right. Um, let your thoughts come and go. And this can be kind of hard. And one of them that you kind of sometimes have to um, practice whenever you try not to do something, it is guaranteed to make you do it more. So instead observe your thoughts, like you are outside looking in. Just watch your thoughts for a minute. Imagine leaves floating on the surface of a stream. For each thought that comes to mind, allow that thought to take its place on a leaf and watch it blow away in the wind. Or allow the thought to turn into a fish and watch it float away down the stream. Or whatever Mm -hmm. you may like. I would like to watch it like maybe I like to imagine the beach. So I'd probably think about the waves coming in and washing away. Taking it away. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. Um, And I think it's very soothing. It's very much like a meditation. It is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's why I said it does take practice because um, you're going to find yourself, your mind wandering away, but you just bring it back, bring it back every time. And it'll, you'll eventually it'll, be where you don't get distracted. Right, right. Um, I know a lot of people say to, or a lot of experts say to make yourself laugh, but I mean, that's kind of a tough one when you're going through something traumatic. So, I mean, how do you do that, Angie? Well, you may watch some of your favorite, uh, like animal videos or um, comedians, TV shows that you enjoy or anything else that makes you laugh. You Mm -hmm. can also watch something scary and it has the same effect that the endorphins in your brain shoot up. So, of course, laughing makes you happy. Um, uh, But being scared can do the same thing. Being scared, yeah, because um, it's a shock to the system. Yeah, I remember us talking about that on a previous podcast. Yeah. I think though, like this is the last one most people think about doing when they're upset, like, um, but it does work. I, you know, I've been in bad situations before and my friends will start sending me 
funny animal clips and those usually <laughs> work for me. I'll start <laughs> laughing. Um, so, you know, sometimes it's just great to have that distraction instead of someone saying, are you okay? You know, making you talk it out. Sometimes you don't want to talk it out. And this is a good way to like refocus, just pull you out of that, that spot for the moment. Another good grounding technique is to use an anchoring phrase. This might be something like, I'm Angie. I'm 41 years old. I live in Detroit, Michigan. Today is Friday, June 3rd. It's 10.04 in the morning. I'm sitting at my desk at work. There is no one else in the room. And that really anchors you and grounds you Mm -hmm. um, to where you are, what's going on, what day it is. Just, you know, causes you to focus. Yeah. Yeah. Center yourself. Another thing of coming back to mindfulness, Mm -hmm. coming back to the present. Which is really what all of these kind of sound like they're trying to help you do. Right. Just in different ways. Because if one way doesn't work for you, you can always try one of the other ways. You know, I'm sure it's different for every person what will work for them. So and maybe even different in the situation. It definitely is. I know it is for me. It kind of just matters what's going on with my with me. Yeah. And it sounds like you could add to this, like, um, you know, you could say it's raining or it's snowing or it's, you know, I can see the sun. Um, I'm thirsty, so I'm going to get something to drink. Like, it sounds like all the senses could also be involved in this anchoring phrase. Yes, it does. It would. They, it's good to keep adding if you if um, if you still feel anxious so mm-hmm. that you can keep calming down. One of the things that I learned to do is to imagine leaving the painful feelings behind. So like picture yourself gathering all your emotions, balling them up and putting them in a box. Or I'm sure you've heard the one where, you know, you write a little note and you burn it or you put it in a balloon, imaginary balloon and watch it fly away. Um, Or maybe running or walking away from your painful feelings or imagining your thoughts as a song or a TV show that you don't like, and then changing the ter- channel or turning down the volume. So the feelings are still there, but you don't have to listen to them at that time. You can put them away. You can imagine yourself watching them go away. Right. And those are really good ideas. I wanted to tell you a funny story. Well, not really mm-hmm. too funny, but I told my therapist that, um, I wrote down all the names of the people that I was angry with and I burned them. And she was like, Oh my God, that's a fire hazard. <laughs> I'm like, I did it outside. <laughs> okay. So when you, when you do, when you do that one, make sure that you're in a safe place. <laughs> Cause we don't want any fire hazards that would cause right. a whole new painful memory. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh my goodness. Um, Another thing that I think is really important is to be kind to yourself. So you need to practice self-kindness. And this is another one you do have to practice. Repeat kind, compassionate phrases to yourself. I've always been like my worst critic. So say good things to yourself. Like you're having a rough time, but you'll make it through, or you're strong and you can move past this pain, or you're trying so hard and you're doing your best instead of all those negative things that you tend to like think about. Um, Mm -hmm. say either out loud or in your head as many times as you need to say it. Think about all those great things you say to your friends, but you don't tend to say to yourself. Yeah. Why do we do that? Right. Mm -hmm. All the time. We talk to our friends like we talk to ourselves. Exactly. Mm -hmm. 
and we're supposed to be, you know, our best friend. So, right. Exactly. So you want to, you want to definitely practice that self-kindness. And again, it, it is a practice you have, you know, you can work and get better at it. Um, but it's worth it. It's, you have to be your own best friend. Another idea is to plan an activity. This might be something you do alone or with a friend or a loved one. Think of what you'll do and when maybe you'll go to dinner, take a walk on the beach, see a movie you've been looking forward to or visit a museum. Focus on the details such as what you'll wear, where you'll go, how you'll get there, what you'll see when you're there, Mm -hmm. you know, just, um, I actually bought a notebook. I actually bought a notebook so that I could put down all the little places I wanted to go that were local within driving distance Mm -hmm. and all the things that you can do there and all the places that you can go to eat or all the places that you can go to get, you know, ice cream or a dessert or something special, all the little, you know, landmarks and put pictures in there. And sometimes like when I'm feeling down, I will go into my notebook and I will add stuff to it because it does uplift me. Um, and then we end up doing stuff. Cause I don't know if you're like me, like I'll plan to do a whole lot of stuff and then I'll forget about it and I won't do any of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so a notebook is a great idea. Like a travel notebook is what I call it a travel journal. So, um, yeah, I like that idea a lot. You can also listen to music. I think a lot of people can resonate with that. Um, because music is definitely a mood booster. It can also make you sad. So I was you- about to say, <laughs> I just went through something uh-huh. and I had to stop listening to music because it right. was making me cry so much, but um, it does. Yeah. I've been through that too, where I've had to put music away for quite a while because it was very triggering to me, but a certain type of music was triggering to me in a bad way. So, you know, it can do both, but a lot of people, if they put on their favorite song, uh, they focus on the melody and the lyrics, it can give them a lift. Uh, Sometimes sad songs make people feel better, you know, because it's like somebody understands what I'm going through, Right. Um, you know, and just focus on the song. Does it, does it give you goosebumps, you know, when you hear it or does it create any other physical sensations? Do you feel, you know, joy in your heart and just pay attention to that and what stands out most to you? Um, sometimes that can really help. So Angie, what is the mantra for this week? I am grounded. My spirit is grounded deep in the earth. I am calm, strong, centered, and peaceful. I am able to let go of fear and trust that I am eternally safe. I am worthy of all things beautiful. I love that mantra. And it actually reminds me of earthing, which is not the same as grounding, but a lot of people think of that um, when they hear the term grounding. So maybe we'll have to talk about that in another podcast. Definitely. But I hope you all found this episode really helpful. Listen to it again, you know, take take time to sit down and listen to it. Maybe that might be one of your grounding techniques until you learn some of these skills a little bit more. Um, and if you found it useful, please share it with a friend, like, subscribe. Um, we love your feedback, so please reach out to us. You'll get all of our social media information in just a moment. Please join us next week where... Season one, Jonathan Trailer is going to come back. He is the kidney guru and he's doing amazing things to create kidney awareness.
Yes, he is. And he's such a great guy, too. He is. We had such a great time with him in season one. And I know he has more to tell us. He's going to talk about some of the people that he's had on his own podcast and uh, just let us know what's been going on. So I can't wait for that. And I hope you'll all tune in. Um, Please remember until then that we were always stronger together. Mask up. Peace out, y'all. Unified through chronic and mental illness can be found at anchor.fm slash unified. There you can find all social media links as well as other ways to listen.